This is a production of the Z-Talk Radio Network. The views expressed and opinions given by the individual hosts and their guests do not necessarily reflect those of Z-Talk Radio, its affiliates, or sponsors. Wow. It's dark. Well, let's have some light on the subject. Put on your critical thinking caps and please refrain from hugging. It's time for Dimland Radio with your host, Jim Dr. Dim Fitzsimmons. Hello and welcome to Dimland Radio on the Z Talk Radio Network at ztalkradio.com. I'm your host, Jim Dr. Dim Fitzsimmons. Remember, I'm not really a doctor. I just play doctor online. Um, That opening felt weird to me, but I think I said all the words properly. Um, Let's see. Before I get rolling too far into the show, I wanted to uh, touch on a couple of things that I talked about last week. In fact, I'll be probably doing that quite a bit this show. Uh, Anyway, I wanted to touch on a couple things. Uh, Let's see. First, uh, to give you an update on the shingles vaccine. Uh, my second dose. Now, I talked about it last week, and I talked about how uh, the shingles vaccine can make me, uh, at least the first dose of it, made me feel fluish. And so last week when I was recording the show, on a Friday, that's when I do these, I had gotten the shot the day before. And so I was in the, I wouldn't say the throes exactly, but I was having the feelings of fluishness. It wasn't too bad. I'd be taking some Tylenol, and I'd be just just trying to keep you know keep it even keel, knowing that it's just my body doing what's supposed to do when it gets a vaccine, or and this this particular one. I don't I don't get these kinds of symptoms from other vaccines that I got. So anyway, uh, I I finished up the show, did whatever I do after the show, and then I went to I went to bed, and uh, woke up at about four in the morning. This was Saturday morning, Friday night, Saturday morning, however you want to look at it. And it's woke up at 4 in the morning, had to pee. I am a man of a certain age, uh, so uh, sometimes I wake up in the night and I have to go pee. And so I got up, and um, I felt as though I really actually had the flu. I was, you know, headache, aches and pains throughout my whole body. I had the chills. I felt terrible. <laughs> it's like, whoa, this is bad. <laughs> and uh, so I go to the bathroom, head downstairs, and I get a couple of Tylenol. And I'm heading back to bed. And my wife happened to have gotten up, Amy. Had, uh, got, she got up to go pee. And... Uh, and as we passed in the night, I said, oh, man, I really feel like I have the flu. <laughs> it's, it's just a vaccine thing, but boy, do I feel like I have the flu. She says, oh, I'm sorry, like, like it's her fault. But, you know, I said, nah, you know, I'll survive. So I went back to bed. And then when she came back to bed after doing her business, uh, she said, you know, maybe you don't want to go to the comic book store today. You know, maybe just don't go. And I said, ah, no, I'll be fine. I'll, I'll push through. It, it, it's, uh, I'll be fine. And I was, when I got up at 8... Um, you know, a few hours later, got up at eight o'clock. Um, I felt much better, not completely out of the woods, but much better. But as I said last week, 
given all that, I would still rather go through that discomfort and feel like I had the flu when I really didn't have the flu. I'd rather go through that in, in a night and have a couple of days having other fluish like symptoms than actually get shingles. Now, I've never had shingles, so I don't know exactly how bad it really is, but I've known people who've had it, and it's really bad. They've told me, really bad. Don't You don't want to get it. And it's you know a couple of days of discomfort from feeling like I have the flu and a couple more days with sore shoulder from where I got the shot. That's a small price to pay to not have several days, maybe even weeks, dealing with shingles and the pain that that can cause. Uh, so, yeah. And as a uh, still uh, a way of showing you that I don't just talk the talk, I walk the walk. I this morning, this morning uh, of the day, this is a Friday. I got my flu shot for the year, and I will encourage all of you out there that you should get the flu shot. Get the flu shot. Um, just a few stats, three of them, that I saw on the internets today. According to the CDC in the United States, there are on average 200,000 hospitalizations uh, due to flu complications. Uh, there can be as many as 49,000 flu-related deaths in a year. 49,000, that's in the United States. And the flu virus is uh, up to 90% effective at uh, keeping you safe from getting the flu. And no, getting a flu shot does not give you the flu. I mean, you don't get the flu from it. You might get flu-like symptoms. If that could happen for you. I get, uh, I get the sore arm. Actually, it's my other shoulder. I pointed to my left. I got it in my right shoulder this time. Uh, it's a little sore. But it's not, not like the shingles one. Not that kind of sore. Uh, and I might get a little bit feverish after it. Just a little bit. But otherwise, it's, it's, I really don't even not notice anything going on. But again, I'd much rather go through a sore shoulder, maybe feeling a little feverish, than to actually get the flu and go through that illness and maybe end up in a hospital or maybe end up dead. So get your flu shot. You should get your flu shots. Go out and get them. Um, and talk to your doctor, see what your insurance covers. I to I'm told that Walgreens gives them for free. I don't know if you need to have insurance or if they do stuff like that, but check it out. Get your flu shot. Flu season's coming, and you, know, you need to protect yourself and others from the flu. You know, those people that can't get a flu vaccination, they're too young, uh, or their immune systems are such that uh, getting a flu shot would be bad for them. So for those people, you are protecting them when you protect yourself from getting the flu. You're protecting giving the flu to other people. You're preventing that. So that's why you want to do it. Uh, I saw something on the, on the internets Somebody had put it together. Uh, it's just a text message meme that says, uh, uh, you know, high school kids say, you know, why should I take biology and chemistry and basic science classes? When am I ever going to need this in my life? And uh, then they have the uh, those kids later as adults saying, 
that uh, vaccines cause autism. GMOs are unsafe. The, the earth, uh, uh, climate change is a hoax and the earth is flat. That's why. That's why you want to take basic science. It's, I thought it was a pretty good. It, it goes on to say something about, I've done my research, and if you disagree with me, you're a sheep or something. But it doesn't need that part. It just, all it needs is the, is the, 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 the pitfalls that the people, that some people without a basic science understanding uh, are, are um, uh, in danger of falling into in that, you know, uh, you believe that vaccines cause autism. They don't. That GMOs are unsafe. They, they are safe. Climate change is a hoax. It's not. And that the earth is flat. It's not. It's round. It's, a, it's this oblate, oblate spheroid. Is that how you say the word? It's a sphere that is a little wider around the middle than it is. It's not a perfect sphere. So I thought that was pretty cool along the internets. Um, I wanted to, uh, well, uh, clarify something that I'd said last week to make sure that I got this clear here. That, that when I was talking about now, again, for those of you who don't like baseball, uh, or talk about baseball. I've got talk about baseball. Sorry. Uh, we, uh, as I said last week, that uh, the the baseball the baseball's postseason taking is taking place. It's October. It's my favorite month of the year. Uh, it's the baseball postseason. The weather turns to a more co- you know cooler, crisper air. Hopefully, it won't be raining so much. I don't like a rainy October. Uh, the leaves start to change color and, and come down, and it's just—it's really nice. Uh, it's that month that you start—you should make sure your snowblower is working and, and get things ready for the winter. Uh, but uh, and then of course, it, it, it's like I said, the baseball playoffs go on there. The World Series takes place. It ends with Halloween, and Amy and I have our anniversary uh, during October. Uh, so it's—it's. It's I love the month. I think it's great. Uh, and I was talking about you know, the, how things go in the postseason. The Twins had won the uh, the Central Division, so they they are in the postseason. And um, and at the time last week, wasn't certain. Was pretty sure, but it wasn't certain that uh, the Twins would be facing the hated Yankees in the American League Division Series or the ALDS, which does not stand for American Latter-day Saints. Uh, anyway, so it I, it I don't even think there is such a thing as an Ameri- American Latter-day Saints. It's just the Church of Latter-day Saints, isn't it? But uh, anyway. Um, well, we now know for certain that the Twins will be playing, uh, in fact, as I'm recording this, are playing the hated Yankees, and they're losing. <clears throat> I I will try to remain optimistic, but I went through it last week. What the hated Yankees have done to my twins, to the good guys, five times in the postseason since uh, 2003. So, it, you know, it it's a five-game series. Even if the twins lose this first game, doesn't mean they're going to lose the, the series. It's just, okay, so I'm not going to get too far into that. But I do hate the Yankees. Anyway, um, so I talked about what happens in the postseason. Well, okay, you get three divisions in each league: National League, American League. 
uh, there's three divisions. So you get the winners of each division. They move on to the postseason. But then the then the, then there's two more teams, the that have the next best records, in that league. And so they could be they could all they could those two teams could be from the same division or be from different divisions it doesn't matter they they just have the the second best records so they meet in they are the wild card teams and they meet in a one game wild card playoff and then from there the team that wins that one plays the team the division winning team that had the best record of the season and so in with the American League this year that would mean that would be the Houston Astros and so the wild card team was played between the Tampa Bay Rays and the Oakland A's, and the Rays won. So the Rays are playing a series now against the Houston Astros, when that meant that the Minnesota Twins would be playing the hated Yankees. And they're losing right now. So anyway, <clears throat> so that's how it worked out. I wasn't. I don't think I was. I had some, a listener to the show say I wasn't quite that clear on that so i want to make sure that we're clear okay now i'm going to keep talking about baseball because here's the thing this is uh um something that shows that i'm not psychic i had predicted and my predictions about sports are always dire always dire i had predicted that the twin well i didn't predict that the twins would would well i sort of predicted it and i was right on this part that the twins would break the single season team total home runs uh that they would do that this year that that number happened to be 267 that was set last season by the hated yankees so the twins were close enough to breaking that they were far enough ahead of of the the next uh highest total home run having team being the the Bronx Bastards. Uh, The Twins were far enough ahead that I was confident that they would set the record, but I predicted that at the end of the season, it would be the Yankees that would have the record, that they would come from behind and take it from the Twins. Just another reason to hate the Yankees. So last Sunday was the last day of the regular season. One game left to play, game 162. The Twins were going to be playing the uh, Kansas City Royals, and the, the, the Evil Empire was going to be playing the Texas Rangers. And going into that game, the, uh, the Yankees, their total home run rec- uh, at that point was 305, and the Twins had 304. That's one less. I know you knew that, but you know. Uh, so I, I, I thought, I, I, as the games were starting, I said to myself, just, you know, Twins just hit two more home runs than the Yankees hit today. Whatever amount of home runs the Yankees hit in their game today, hit two more. And that happened. It did. The Yankees hit one. The Twins hit three. So the record is, 307 home runs, and that's the Minnesota Twins hold that record. The uh, hated Yankees are at 306. It's been an astounding year when it comes to this home run thing. It's been astounding. Uh, I will talk more about that astounding home run aspect of this year when I come back from this break. Uh, going to the break a little early. Uh, you're listening to Dimland Radio on the ZTalk Radio Network. Uh, I'm your host, Jim, Dr. Dimfit Simmons. I'm going to see how badly the twins are losing at this point, and I'll be back uh, after this break.
You're listening to Z Talk Radio Network. Remember, there's no hugging in the chat room. You're listening to Dimland Radio on Z-Talk Radio Network. Do you believe in ghosts? Do you think Bigfoot is real? Do you suspect that your neighbor is really Valtor, leader of the lizard people of Bendar 3? Well, Dr. Dim doesn't, and he'll tell you why when you tune in to Dimland Radio Saturday nights, 11 Central, midnight Eastern on Z-Talk Radio Network. It's an hour of science promotion, pop culture rants, personal observation, and of course, skepticism. Join Jim, Dr. Dim Fitzsimmons, Saturday nights, 11 Central, midnight Eastern, for Dimland Radio on Z-Talk Radio Network. Hey, want to hear the most annoying sound in the world? You're listening to Z-Talk Radio Network. Welcome back to Dimland Radio on the ZTalk Radio Network at ztalkradio.com. I'm your host, Jim, Dr. Dim Fitzsimmons. I, I uh, opened up the little handheld uh, computation device here and uh, checked on the score of the game. <coughs> the Twins are losing 10 to, 10 to 4. <laughs> have I mentioned that I hate the Yankees? Have I, have I mentioned that? I, I really do. You know, I, I just do. I, you know, I was just about to start going into a rant. I'm going to save it. I'm going to save it until after the Twins lose this series to the hated Yankees. Then I'll go on it. You'll have something to look forward to next week. But I could be wrong. It's five games. Anything could happen. <clears throat> so, this season was it will go down in history as the year of the home run in baseball. 2019, it, it it's it's a little crazy what had happened. Um, there's an article that's uh, on uh, uh, Yahoo Sports. Uh, I'll link to it on the show notes. You can go to dimland.com, click on the blog option, you'll get to the show notes. Uh, I will I'll share it there. It, this is a piece that's written by Jack uh, Bear, and I'm I'm gonna. There are ten things that are uh, uh, crazy about this home run season. And and I'm going to go through the headers, but uh, the last one, uh, I'll, I'll go in a little deeper uh, into what uh, uh, Mr. Bear wrote about it. So um, the first note on this is that four teams have hit enough home runs to break the Major League Baseball record that was set last year. Last year, the record was 267 home runs, and there were four teams... Minnesota Twins, the hated Yankees, the Houston Astros, and the Los Angeles Dodgers that all hit more than 267. Um, I don't know how many the Houston Astros hit, but we do know that the Yankees hit the 306, Twins hit 307, the, and the uh, the Dodgers hit 279. So they they broke that record, that old record, by a substantial amount as well. I was I happened to be I was watching the uh, 
Astros game, uh, not the Astros game, the uh, Dodger game last night. And uh, one of the guys calling the game, and I was chatting with my uh, friend Michael out in California because his team is, uh, is is the Dodgers. And so I'm, I'm rooting for them to win too. So I was chatting with him about it, and some and one of the announcers had said that uh, uh, that the that the Dodgers had hit 279 home runs, and I I said I said to my friend Michael, I said 279, <laughs> that's cute, <laughs> because the Yankees hit 307. Oh, not the Yankees, the Twins. Oh, oh, how could I make that mistake? Uh, anyway, so that's four teams that bested the, the previous record. Those four teams also happened to be the four 100 win teams. Uh, you know, the Twins won 101 games. The Yankees, I think, won 103. Um, and then the, the Astros and the, and the Dodgers won over 100 games, uh, more than the, uh, the Twins. And I, th- I think well, Houston won more than the Yankees. And then somewhere, I think, I can't remember how many Dodgers won. But anyway, over 100 wins. Uh, that's pretty, I think that's pretty unusual. Uh, 58 players hit 30 home runs or more. 32 of them did that for the first time. 15 teams broke their franchise home run record. That's half the league. There are 30 teams in the league. 15, that's half. Half of the teams broke their own record for home runs. The Twins were one. They broke a record that I think was set in in 1965, I think. I think it was 225 home runs. I think it was set back then. I, I, I could be wrong. We had a good team. 1965 was a good team. Uh, the Orioles smashed the record for home runs allowed with 305. And those poor Orioles. Oh, the, ba- the Baltimore Orioles. I mean, you know, Baltimore gets called a uh, rat-infested shithole, essentially, by the president. And then they have a baseball team that... Uh, that does is playing very poorly, and uh, giving up 305 home runs. That's uh, the average fly ball flew three feet farther than last year. Now, fly ball is what you a home run is a fly ball. It's it's a, that goes out to the outfield and beyond. A home run goes beyond the outfield, but it's so uh, so a fly ball is what goes out into the out into the outfield so that you got those three guys out there. They have to field that ball unless it gets past them. And it could be a double, a triple, a single, doesn't matter, you know, something. Or a home run if it goes out of the park. Uh, so they were saying that on average that goes three feet farther. So uh, previously, a fly ball that might have been caught at the wall, given that average three feet extra, might go out. So that is probably adding to the totals. Uh, seven teams got more than half of their runs from home runs. The Twins being one of them. Uh, we got something like 51% of the runs the Twins scored this season were off of home runs. Uh, let's see. The Triple A teams saw a 57% hike, uh, home run spike. That's what the headline says. The Triple A, that's the minor league. I think that's the, the, you know, just the next step down from the major leagues. Uh, there's a there's a ball and triple A, so I think I think it is. And they the difference uh, with them this year is that well I'll get to that when I get to it. That's one thing in common with the triple A team, other than the spike in home runs, 
than AAA teams. But there's another thing that's in common with both of them, but I'll get to that. Uh, the Marlins, the Miami Marlins, ranked last in homers with 146. But in 2010, that would have ranked 19th in, of 30 teams. 146 home runs would have been ninth, put them in 19th place in 2010. And finally, it only took two months for Major League Baseball to admit something was off. And this I'm going to read what, uh, what Jack Bear had written. Uh, of any number in this article, this one might most demonstrate just how surreal the game has become. The league actually admitted there was something wrong with its product. On June 20, with questions and record home runs paces overflowing, uh, Major League Baseball Commissioner Bob, or I'm sorry, Rob Manfred's office admitted that the league's balls had less drag than past versions due to something wrong in the pill of the ball. I'll get back to what that means. That explanation itself inspired questions due to the interesting fact that Major League Baseball had purchased ball manufacturer Rawlings only a year ago with the stated purpose of, wait for it, taking more control over the baseball production process. Buying a ball manufacturer, then immediately seeing the balls leave the park at unprecedented rates. Yeah, you can't blame the conspiracy theorists, Cy Young frontrunner Justin Verlander among them, for thinking Major League Baseball wanted this home run spike. Manfred has said the change was not intentional, but we'll see if the league uh, actually reverses the changes that led to this power surge. If home runs continue to abound next year, this might just be our new normal. Um, the pill of the ball. What that is referring to is, is, the, is another way of saying the core of the ball. Way back when, way back in the old days of baseball, pre-1920 baseball, uh, was known as the dead ball era. And baseball was was a different kind of game back then. It was what's what's called small ball. Get on base, steal second base, have somebody bunch you over the third. You know, sacrifice fly bringing in or single brings you in. It was the small ball. Home runs were not relied on. Home runs were actually kind of frowned upon. Uh, there would be teams that would hit maybe ten home runs in a single season. It just was not. It was not uh, um, something that was the purists of the game that they, they looked upon with, uh, uh, with any kind of real respect. But it, there's reasons why the home, run, uh, home runs weren't as prevalent back then. A different approach to hitting, a different approach to pitching, and the ball was different. Uh, in 1911, they, they changed out the core of the baseball from a rubber core to a cork core and eventually that started to help liven up the ball uh, you had Babe Ruth come into the league in 1919 just as the there was the Black Ox, or the Black Sox scandal that was when the Chicago White Sox threw the 1919 World Series against the Cincinnati Reds the lesser team the Reds won and there's that film eight men out it's about how the gamblers got to these players on, on the White Sox team and convinced them they'd, they'd pay them if they would throw the series. And and they did. And 
and uh, that really hurt baseball. So when a player like Babe Ruth came along, who had a different approach to hitting, he he liked to launch the balls. He was uh, stronger. He was a power hitter, and he hit home runs. And he would hit in a single season. He would hit more home runs than than other teams would hit. So he he started bringing back the fans that that went away from the game um, when the uh, when the Black Sox scandal came uh, came to light. So you start bringing them back. The home runs got exciting in the teams. Now there's there's I saw you know I'm, I was just looking through Wikipedia and this, this what's this dead ball era and what changed it. There's a few things that changed it. Uh, it's not all. It's not just one thing. Uh, there was uh, again uh, the the hitters began to take a different approach to the ball. The ballparks got smaller. Some of those ballparks were so big, so cavernous, so that the outfield, the, the the stands in the outfield were so far away that a home run could be hit because the ball got past the outfielder, and you know in their attempt to get the ball, the the hitter was able to run all the way around the bases. And it's a, you know essentially an inside the park home run that that could happen, and that essentially that's what it is. And it's, it's so when the parks got a little smaller, there, you can have more home runs. A different approach to hitting. Several pitches were outlawed. Uh, the spitball and some other pitches were outlawed, so that the the pitchers couldn't throw those because those would be uh, too difficult to hit and it was too unfair to the to the offenses. Uh, and it, there was the the practice of using one ball in a game. What's that's and that's what they used to do. They they would have one ball that they would try to play the entire game with. That if the ball went into the stands, they would have the fans throw the ball back. And so that what would happen would be the ball it would you'd start out white and then it would get darker and darker because uh, you know, pitchers would spit tobacco on it, they get dirt on it, they, they dirty up that ball as much as they could, so it's, it was harder for hitters to see the ball. And the ball also got a little softer, got a little bit misshaped through the game because of being hit and you know all that. And so that would cause it to move in weird ways that would flummox the hitters. So they, uh, well, in 1920, I think it was, uh, wrote the guy's name. A uh, fellow named uh, Ray Chapman was hitting. Don't remember what team he played for, but he was he was at bat, and he got beaned in the head with the ball. He got hit so hard that the ball went off of his head and into play, into the field of play. And one of the fielders thought that he had hit the ball with the bat, and he fielded the ball, threw it onto first base. Well, it uh, it uh, it ended up killing um, the hitter. I don't know how if he died right away or if they took him off to a hospital or something and died later. Then baseball said, okay, that's it. No more playing with one ball. When the ball gets dirty, we put in a clean ball. So that helped end the dead ball era. So there's lots of stuff that kind of took place that helped it. So the pill of the ball, again, is the core, is that center part of the ball. And what, what I've learned is that up until this past year, that center of the ball might not be dead center. The pill wouldn't be dead center. And because it wasn't dead center in the ball, it would, be, it would give the, it a little bit of a wobble as it would you know, come off the bat and fly through the air. A little bit of a wobble, which would cause it, give it drag, and keep it from you know limiting. It would limit how far the ball could be hit. 
so I guess this year, the the manufacturer of the of the ball that is owned by Major League Baseball, uh, they the core is much more centered, so that the wobble is less, so the ball travels more. So that's what they're looking at. Um, what's going to end up happening in the off season? Now it's a cool thing. You know, cool thing number one of the show would be that the Twins are the home run champs of all time. Uh, and it's, there's that. That's a cool thing. But cool thing one subset A is that, and this was something that uh, that I was thinking about, l- listening to the sports talk guys talking about what might happen in the in the, in the postseason, uh, or in the off season, I should say. Um, and I thought, I thought along these lines, it was sports writer and radio guy Patrick Ricey. He's a local guy. Uh, he he put it in words that I said, yeah, I, I think I agree with you there. If Major League Baseball decides to do something to bring to tone down the ball, uh, it's and, and and they're successful in toning it down. Maybe not taking it all the way down, but toning it down a little bit. So the numbers of home runs settle down back to more what would be a natural uh, uh, number, uh, more realistic number, however you want to look at it. If that happens, if that's the case, then this record that the Twins have could stand for a very long time. Uh, Royce even suggested that it could become like uh, Joe DiMaggio's 56-game hitting streak, which was done in 1941, and it's no one's ever come close to hitting safely in 56 games in a row since. It's not happened, not in the majors. I've heard about it in Japan, it might have in, the, in their leagues, or maybe in the uh, back in the old days in the in the Negro leagues. Maybe it's happened there, but I, you know, in the major leagues, it's it's. It was astounding then, and it's still astounding now to hit safely in 56 games in a row. Uh, So it might never be uh, equaled again. Uh, So that, that cool thing, that's cool. If this is a record that'll stand. uh, Suggestions are that uh, maybe they'll have teams uh, put in a humidor to keep the balls in the uh, humidor uh, throughout the league. I believe they do that in Colorado, because of it's so high up, you know, it's my high city, uh, and it's the, the air, the atmosphere is uh, thinner. The air is thinner up there, um, so I think that they use a humidor for their balls to kind of equalize it to everybody else. My wife did ask me when I was telling her about how you know the ball was probably a little bit uh, too lively or just livelier this year. She did ask, uh, is that, uh, does that mean that they're going to take the record away from the Twins? And I said, no, no, they wouldn't do that because all the rest of the teams were playing with the same make of ball. Yeah, they, it wasn't like it was just the Twins be benefiting from it. Everybody benefited from it. And, uh, and so we'll see. Um, I'm going to take a break. Yeah, I think I made it to my next break. I'm going to take my next break, and when I come back, uh, I'll, I'll, ooh, I'll have... Uh, just a little bit more <laughs> to talk about baseball. Sorry, I'm a fan. What can I say? But uh, you're listening to Dimland Radio on the ZTalk Radio Network at ztalkradio.com. Uh, I shall return with just a little bit more baseball talk. <laughs> 
But we give those other guys the finger. You're listening to Z-Talk Radio Network. Oh, Lord, honey, can somebody tell me what my future holds? Hey, man, you think I can get a reading? Wrong answer. It's time for Dimland Radio with your host, Dr. Dim, Jim Fitzsimmons, only on Z-Talk Radio. The Earth is only 6,000 years old. That's what Answers in Genesis and the Creation Museum say. And how can a museum be wrong? Isn't Dr. Oz just wonderful? I love today's episode. It didn't talk down to his adoring audience of women at all. Science has proved that the subatomic quantum realm is as real as it is counterintuitive and bizarre. Therefore, I can use it to support quantum healing and quantum consciousness. After all, how can journals like Aquarius Metaphysics be wrong? Evolution is just a theory. After all, if we came from monkeys, then why are there still monkeys? We all have friends and family who believe these things and much more. Well, if you're a rational thinker who is tired of arguing on social media and never getting anywhere, we have a solution for you. Join the Gorilla Skepticism and Wikipedia team and we will teach you how to add reliable scientific and skeptical information to the world's number one source of information, Wikipedia. We write new articles and improve existing ones. We remove pseudoscience, paranormal and alt-med claims substituting the actual facts. And we operate in many languages. We've already reached tens of millions of people searching for information, but as you can imagine, we can never do enough. So please, join us. All you need is a PC and the desire to help educate the planet. In fact, you'll be educating the world while you sleep. Contact us at gsowteam at gmail.com. Guerrilla Skepticism. The time is now. Music by purpleplanet.com Get him some Z's. Get him some Z's. Get him some Z's. Wake up, wake up, wake up, wake up, wake up. Listen to Z Talk Radio. On ZTalkRadio.com. And welcome back to Dimland Radio here on the ZTalk Radio Network at ztalkradio.com. I'm your host, Jim, Dr. Dim Fitzsimmons. The Twins lost 10-4. to 4. Okay, well, life goes on. The sun will come up tomorrow. Somewhere there's joy in the world, but there's no joy in the Twin Cities. I, I don't know the poem, but the Casey at bat, something like that. Anyway, um, oh, I've got uh, uh, something to do here. Uh, it's it's one of these. And now it's time for a Dimland Radio pedantic moment. Yeah, this ought to be good. Mm, yeah, we'll see. <laughs> we'll see if it's good. Um, I've been watching more baseball this past season. So this is why I'm probably hearing this particular phrase I'm going to talk about more frequently. Yeah, you watch the game more often. If it's a phrase that gets used on any kind of a regular basis, you're going to hear it more often, right? 
And the phrase is, the ball will find you. I did some research on this phrase and where it came from. It's said to have been uh, originated by Branch Rickey. He was the legendary owner of the uh, Brooklyn Dodgers. He was the man who integrated the game of baseball. He hired Jackie Robinson to play for the Dodgers. Uh, that's that. That's him. And he was a baseball genius kind of guy, you know, and all that. Uh, and he was said to have said that. Now, I looked it up, what it was supposed to mean. Uh, it essentially means, um, you know, keep your mind on the game, because the ball will find you, right? But it also sort of means, it also, but it, I, I guess it, it more specifically means if a, if a lesser player finds their way into the game, sooner or later, the ball is going to go to that player. It might take a couple of games. Let's say you know the right fielder, uh, the regular, the starting right fielder, is, is on the injured list. And so they pull a guy off the bench. All right, you're playing right field. It may not be something they're very experienced at, but uh, they, you know, they'll give it their best shot. And it might take a couple of games for it to happen, but the ball will find them. And uh, it's just you can't hide from the ball uh, in baseball. That's another thing that they, they mean. You can't hide from it. It's, you know, you want to have your best players available as possible. And, you know, it's if you've got bad players out there, the ball will find them. And that brings from me a resounding, well, duh. <laughs> you play enough games, you know, the ball's going to get there sooner or later. Duh. But as I said, it also means keep your head in the game, pay attention, do that. All right. So you know, I don't, I don't have a problem with the phrase as far as that goes. But it's being used a little bit differently these days, from what I hear. It's when I've been watching the game. The way it's used now is uh, uh, somebody that's, uh, you know, let's, there's that right fielder again. He's playing. He gets hurt. He's taken out of the game. A bench player is put in there. And, you know, a couple batters come you know, later, after that guy's in the outfield, um, gets a hold of a ball, sends it out to right field. And that, 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 that guy off the bench has to make a play. Uh, you know, it's just out of his reach, and he, or he just boots the ball, or he makes a great play, and the announcer will then say afterward, and it's it's uh, it's inevitable that they'll say, "Well, you know what they say, the ball will find you," and what they mean is, immediately in that game, the ball will find the new guy that got pulled in, that got put into the game, the guy that got pulled off the bench, the ball's gonna find him, it's gonna happen. That's what they mean. And, and whenever I hear that, I want to be sitting in the booth with the guys. So when the guy says, when the announcer says, well, the ball will find you, and I like to turn it to him and say, except when it doesn't. Because this is, and here's how I'll tie it into sort of a skeptical thing. This is an example of the heuristic of, uh, of availability. The availability heuristic. It's a shortcut, a mental shortcut. Or the availability bias. And that is, 
you, you know, the examples that you can think of, you think of as uh, they are um, uh, uh, typical examples when they may not be. Um, and, and it's also a confirmation bias. You remember the hits, you forget the misses. And it's not good to forget the misses, especially around your anniversary, um, which is coming up in a couple weeks uh, for me. Anyway, so it's, 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 this, it's, the, it's those times when the, uh, an ER nurse or, an, or a doctor uh, will say, you know, it must be a full moon tonight because it's crazy in here. And they go outside, they take a break, and they see the full moon, and that registers as proof that it's a crazy that it, that the reason it's a crazy night is because there's a full moon. Which incidentally, it's a pedantic moment within a pedantic moment. The moon is always full. It's it's always all there. It's just where it's positioned in relationship to the Earth, and what we're seeing reflected from the sun. That's 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 all it is. It's the moon is still full. Anyway, so they the 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 uh, emergency room staff is outside having a smoke, and they see it's a full moon, and they say, "Oh, that's why it's crazy tonight." But on those other crazy nights, when they go outside to have their smoke, they don't notice the full moon. Those times drop out of their minds. Those do not calc. They do not calculate that those nights into their conclusion that the full moon. It makes for a crazy night in the in the emergency room. It's been studied, it's been tested, and it shows that it's no crazier on a full moon night than it is on a new moon night or a half moon night or whatever, a gibbous moon or whatever. You know, these the different moons. So it's the same thing in in baseball, and it's the way this phrase is being used now. When someone is brought into the game in the late innings, and a big play happens to come out to them to their position, and they either make the play or they boot the play, the announcer says, well, the ball will find you. But they forget about all those times when in the late innings somebody comes in and he goes out to play right field and the ball never gets out of the infield for the rest of the game. The guy never touches the ball. He just sits out there and just, I'm there, I'm ready, I'm prepared, but the ball never got out of the infield for the rest of the game. So the announcer doesn't break out the phrase, the ball will find you, because it didn't find the player. So in the old days, the way the phrase was meant that if a lesser player takes on a part, uh, you know, a position on, on the field, and they have it for not just the game, but they have it for a few games, eventually, there being a lesser player is going to become clear. Uh, you know, they, they, you can't hide them on the field. But then, but now the way it's being used, and this is why I'm being pedantic about it, the way it's being used now, it's this confirmation bias, and it's just, it's just trotted out because the guy happened to make a great play, or he happened to boot a play, and he just happened to be off the bench, and this was the third or fourth hitter that came up while the guy was out there. So, you know. Cool thing number two, or three, depending on how you want to count them for this show. And this, oh, cool thing. The Who, <laughs> my favorite band, have released another new song. And this time, it actually is a new song. You know, the, the, I, a couple weeks ago, I talked about 
a new Who song, and I put the quotes around it, because it was actually the Who's version of a Pete Townsend song, a solo track from him, that he put out like four years ago. Uh, and so it was just the Who's version. And I did talk about how I kind of prefer the Who's version a little bit. Uh, I like the old man growl of uh, Daltrey's voice more than I like the old man growl of Townsend's voice. Well, this new song is called... What's it called? Uh, oh, I didn't write it down. The music uh, must, phase, uh, must fade. The music, this, the, uh, the music must fade. I think that's what it's called. How did I not write it down? I've only listened to it maybe 12 times by, by now. And it was dropped uh, uh, yesterday on, the, on October 3rd. You know, this is the October October fourth while I'm recording this, and it dropped on October third, and I didn't see an announcement to it. I just happened to be going over to YouTube and searching for something by the Who. <clears throat> I, I know, I know you're shocked, uh, but and and one of the first things that pops up is a new song. I said, well, wait, 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 a new one. So I played it. It's uh, uh, the uh, the music must fade. It's I think it's what it's called, and it's it's Townsend saying. Uh, that, you know, it, it starts out with Daltrey saying uh, uh, that he doesn't care that you, you know, I know you hate this song. I don't care. <laughs> he says that. And then it talks about music being stolen from somebody. Somebody thinks they've discovered this basic chord progression that gets used in rock uh, all the time, and they sue somebody because you stole my song, you know, and, and it's Townsend commenting on that. And um, I think I think Daltrey's voice, uh, although you can still hear the age in it, the man is seventy-five, but it's it's cleaner, it's it's better than I've heard his voice in a long time. Uh, I think I think it works really well in the song. The song has a lot of Who elements to it, you know, old-time Who elements to it. It's it's, a, it's hard to be the Who without John Entwistle and without Keith Moon. It's really hard, but still. Uh, it, there's the elements in there that I really like. Uh, it's catchy. I think the tune is catchy, and I love how the song ends. There's a there's a way Townsend ends the song, which I think is terrific. <laughs> it just it made me chuckle the first time I heard it. I did not expect it, and I I, I, I really liked it. Uh, so uh, the one drawback of the new song is that the that the news. Uh, that came along with the new song saying that the new album uh, will be coming out on December 6th. Uh, when that first new song dropped, the Ball and Chain song, when that dropped, uh, they said that the album would be released November 22nd. So it's been pushed back a couple of weeks. So, okay. All right. But I'm telling you, I'll link to it, listen to it. It may not be your thing, but uh, I posted it to some of the Who fan sites because... None of them had posted it yet. I think I, I think I just happened to, my timing was just right, so I, I posted there and said, "Hey, a new Who song," and there was there was a, there was a few people that said, eh, "It's not quite," you know, they weren't quite into it, but they said Daltrey's voice sounds a lot better than it had, or you know, however they they would talk about it. Uh, there was some critical aspect or not pleased aspects, or you know, slightly, you know, okay, it's okay. You know that kind of reaction, but there was lots of this is really good. I really like this. They were really jazzed about it, really excited, and they thought it was cool. So 
Yeah, so go and check out the show notes at dimland.com. Click on the blog option. I'll have a link to that video uh, for the song, and you listen to it. And again, uh, listen to how it ends. Listen to it all the way through and see that hear that end bit that I think is great. Uh, so um, I'm pretty excited about this new album. I, I hope that uh, the rest of it has the same sort of feel i i like the ball ball and chain song and i like this new one even though i forgot to write down the damn name of it (laughs) this music must fade i think that's what it's called (laughs) uh anyway um okay so then i've got another cool thing and this cool thing is also a creepy thing and a scary thing a disturbing thing especially when you consider the implications do you guys know what deep fakes are? Have you heard of deep fakes? These are uh, uh, video computer trickery bits, uh, where there's apparently there's uh, some some artificial intelligence program that can be used to uh, digitally change the faces of characters of people in video. And uh, somebody had shared it on, on, either I saw it just on YouTube, so it, it just says uh, you could check out these videos too, or somebody had posted something on Facebook, I can't remember which. But it was a scene, and this I will link to the show on, on the show notes. There's actually four little bits that were put together by this person that's called, uh, they call themselves Control Shift Face. I think that's what they call themselves. And they... Um, there's four bits that they've done on this particular movie. They take a movie and they do a deep fake in it. And uh, the movie is uh, Stanley Kubrick's 1980 classic, The The Shining, which is a terrific film. And they, what they did was, you know, it, it, Jack Nicholson plays Jack Torrance in the film. Uh, he plays the guy that's hired to take care of the outlook. Uh, a hotel which is up in the mountains in Colorado that gets just too much snow over the winter to keep it open so he he's hired he and he brings his wife and his son and he's hired to take care of this hotel just to make sure that uh, you know it doesn't uh, get destroyed by the winter and he slowly maybe not too slowly goes crazy uh, and uh, he was kind of crazy to start with that's one of the criticisms of the film that that Jack Nicholson seemed a little crazy at the beginning of the film. <laughs> so uh, anyway, uh, it it's it. So what this person did was they decided to take Jim Carrey's face and put it onto Jack Nicholson in the movie. And there's one particular the, the first one that I saw. It's that it's the scene in which, uh, if you know the movie, I'm, I hope I don't spoil it, but you should see it. It's the scene in which uh, Wendy, uh, Jack's wife, has discovered that Jack wasn't quite writing what she thought he was writing, because he's a writer and he was using this time to to write a book. And so she's looking through his stuff, and she's got a baseball bat in her hands. And Jack, you know, she, Jack's not in this room that he uses to do this writing. It's this great big open area. And so she, she's looking through what he had written, and uh, Jack startles her. 
and it and and the scene sets up really nicely too, because it's you don't see his face for quite a while until, it, it, you know, in, until he announces himself, and then you just see him from behind for a bit, and then he comes up to the table, and you see him from the side, and you can you can see that something's different about his face, and then he turns face on and start, and there are moments where you will swear that it is Jim Carrey. It's it's astounding. It's 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 scary <laughs> is what it is there are moments where the face seems to morph between the two of them but it's just really something and and then i looked there's a watchmojo.com where they do the top 10 deep fakes and there's they're good ones on there i think the 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 jim carrey one in the shining is better than any of the ones that they show on that one but there's one in there now the the nine of them of the 10 are putting on somebody's face onto a different person and with varying success but they're all pretty good uh the the best one is that, that they picked for number one was bill Hader doing uh an arnold schwarzenegger impression and they put arnold schwarzenegger's face in there and it it, it does work really it works really well but there's one video in there which is of uh president barack obama and he's talking and he's giving some you know whatever he's saying. He's he's being he's sitting down for an on-camera interview. You know via satellite kind of thing. And something sounds a little off about his voice, a little bit. But you're you're watching him and it looks all right. right? And see the difference there is it actually is video of Barack Obama, but it's being made his he's being made to say something that he didn't say, and he's the person that is actually doing the talking. Is Jordan Peele, uh, the filmmaker, and uh, um, that you know that does the Twilight Zone series now on CBS All Access. Uh, he's doing the voice, and it's very good. It's a very good impression. But it's it, it, so. What is scary about this? What is creepy about this? What is disturbing about this is the implications. As this technology gets better and better, we are going to have a hard time believing video. Because, yeah, if they, I mean, they could, they could make new movies starring old movie stars, Humphrey Bogart. They can put Humphrey Bogart in a new movie, and if they, if they, if they can use the computer to get the voice, and they could, if they could create them, and just make new stuff with them. But they could also make videos of, you know, can you imagine what this would do with politics? What would the Russians do with this technology if they wanted to bring down? somebody or what would the americans do for that matter it you know they could create a video put out there and people would believe that you know whatever they're showing in it so it's it's scary but oh boy it was it really cool and again check the show notes you'll see it it's it's really well done good night our doctor good night frau blucher well that's the end of another show uh, next week, I will probably be telling you about how terribly disappointed I am that the Twins have lost. But hopefully I won't be. I don't know. We'll see. Uh, but anyway, uh, be skeptical, and extraordinary claims require extraordinary evidence. You've been listening to Dimland Radio on the Z-Talk Radio Network, and I'm your host, Jim Dr. Dim Fitzsimmons, reminding you to sleep with the lights off.
check out my show notes at dimland.com. Just click on the blog option, and you can email your questions and comments to drdim at dimland.com. That's D-R-D-I-M at dimland.com. And the opening theme song, Ram, is by Theolius and is used with permission. has been a production of the Z-Talk Radio Network. And now, a message to our competitors. Thanks. Thanks for tuning us in. Well, I'm going to hell.